0: You're listening to Once, Once Upon a Time Podcast, Episode 69. Welcome back to another episode of Once Podcast, the unofficial podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis.
1: I'm Jeremy Laughlin.
0: And we're missing Jenny tonight, but she is also one of our co-hosts with us usually on this show. We've got some awesome stuff to talk about tonight, even though there hasn't been an episode of Once Upon a Time recently. We still have some cool things to share, some more feedback that's come in, some things. We want to talk about how could Bay possibly be still alive? That's going to be something we're going to start talking about, but we've got several other cool things about Squid Ink and some crazy theories and Regina and Jefferson and Mulan's sword and Rumpelstiltskin and Lake Nostos and some really cool stuff to talk about. But here's something really important I want to tell you up front is we are having a special Google Plus Hangout, which is a live video stream of several people getting together. And here's what's going to be really cool. It'll be more Once Upon a Time podcast than just us next wednesday so that will be december 19th at 9 p.m eastern standard time gmt minus four we will have a live once upon a time round table with several other hosts and possibly some co-hosts from the other once upon a time podcast so so far i have in this uh, some just haven't been able to make it but so far i know that um brie from other side of the mirror will probably be able to be there and Rebecca Johnson from Operation Carver Podcast. And Bill Meeks from Greetings from Storybrooke. The three of them have said that they're pretty sure they can be there. And then I'm still waiting to hear back from some of the others. So it will be really awesome to get these Once Upon a Time podcasters together. And we'll share some of our unique theories And our pet ideas and where we think the series is going. It's going to be live video and you'll be able to download the video and the audio afterward as well. So it will be awesome. Watch our website over at oncepodcast.com for more details when we share that and then share the link for that. But you can get our Once Upon a Time podcast link to Google Plus by going to our website at oncepodcast.com and I'll post it there and be sure to post the announcement when it comes out. So let's talk about some of this stuff about Once Upon a Time. First thing, I I felt like we really needed to spend a bit more time, dedicated time, and have an episode with this in the title. How could Balefire possibly still be alive?
1: Hmm. Do you... Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if having that in the title is going to cause people to go, ooh, I have to listen, or what? That not dead horse? We're really going to do that? Well,
0: this is the single most asked question we receive. Okay. Because so many people wonder, and now this is a very good question, though, because...
1: And probably the most asked question on Lost the whole entire time was, (laughs) do you think they're all dead, though? Yeah. And I think most people... At one point, it was a
0: legitimate question, though.
1: Eh, It it took
0: several years for it to get legitimate. But so here's the question. Uh, The basis of the question is... All indications in the episode, because of how many Ogre's Wars there have been and how much time has changed and everything, point to Rumpelstiltskin being at least 100 years old. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, the writers have even said that he's centuries old. And at one point, they actually named or gave a specific number of 300 years old. So... We'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. It was in an Entertainment Weekly article or something like that. They gave some answer that he said he is 300 years old. So we'll go with that date. And then Bay is 14 years old. So Rumpel was probably in his 30s or 40s um, when Bay was 14. So when he lost Bay and Rumpel became the dark one. So about 260 years or yeah, 260 years before the curse is when Bay. Went through the magic beanhole. So the question then is
1: Beanhole. Why does everybody (laughs)
0: laugh every time I say that?
1: (laughs) It sounds so strange.
0: (laughs) It's kind of like the pie hole, the (laughs) beanhole.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think that must be it.
0: Imagine a bean pie. Anyway, so the question is If that happened 260 years ago, how could balefire possibly still be alive in our world after the curse? Because we know that everyone has been in our world in Storybrooke for 28 years, or now it's probably about 29 years, but 28 years from when the curse was enacted to when Emma came, that they've been in our world. So that happened. Look at the timeline for this, and it seems like it won't match up. And that's a very logical thing to think that it doesn't match up, and how could Balefire possibly be still alive?
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: But... Let's get into quantum physics here and string oh, theory. No. <laughs> here's my string theory. Take two strings and then no.
1: Here's the funny if, thing about this question: it was I. It was a sillier question in a sense, or I shouldn't say question, but a legitimate as a legitimate concern. It was not that legitimate in the past because we thought, well, we don't know when someone travels from Fairy Tale Land to Storybrooke or vice versa. We don't know how time works, but now we've seen people travel back and forth and there was no there was no time problem as far as Emma and Mary Margaret going there mm-hmm. and coming back, everything progressed time-wise. They you know, they didn't come back in the past, they didn't thankfully. <laughs> they didn't, you know, you know what I'm saying. There was yeah. no it was like stepping through a doorway, only it was to a different world, and so that brings up more questions about whether time travel is ever actually well, I shouldn't say time travel, but whether you can go from one point in one world to a different point in time to another world. Right. Except as we pointed out before, we kind of saw that with the apple. Kind of when Regina brought the apple through. Yeah. She brought it from certainly her past. And now because we've seen people go through and come out essentially in a time concurrent Mm -hmm. to ours, we can say that she got the apple from her past and fairy tale Land's past.
0: So, yeah, so here's the idea there. And we'll kind of work through this a bit because it requires setting up several points. We've seen now six or heard reference to six different ways that people have come to Storybrooke. And I'll work through those in a moment. But we do know... That from when the curse was cast to today, there have been parallels between Fairy Tale Land or Enchanted Forest and Storybook. Because people in Enchanted Forest, in that corner of Enchanted Forest, were frozen for 28 years and mm-hmm. then they became unfrozen. Right. And then um, Emma broke the curse. So the time has been moving parallel to each other synchronized with each other then and also it seems that when Emma then went back into Emma and Mary Margaret went back into Enchanted Forest in the episode Broken that then time since then has also been parallel because especially in the episode Into the Deep Aurora said that she and Henry had agreed to meet back in two hours so two hours was exactly the same for both of them so time is moving parallel and synchronized with each other at that point but that doesn't mean that when Balefire came to our world, that he came in at a cross uh, cross exactly parallel point, like 260 years ago, he might have come in more recently. Now let's look at the several different ways that we know of or have heard of that people can get from magic land, fairy tale, land, magic, any, land. any fairy tale land, to our land, a land without magic. Number one way that we know of is balefire with the bean blue fairy said that it would take him to a land without magic
1: it's like realm jumping clue (laughs) balefire with the bean in the enchanted forest
0: (laughs) and then second way that we know of is emma and pinocchio through the enchanted wardrobe third way Is everyone else through the curse now that's what we knew up until season two it was just those three ways and two of those ways emma and pinocchio plus uh, through the wardrobe plus everyone else through the curse came through at the same time so two different ways wardrobe and curse came through at the same time and about the same place too so two completely different ways and now the additional ways that we know of that people have come to our land without magic are um, Emma and Mary Margaret jumped through Lake Nostos, which was required to revive the wardrobe ashes, but they had to have the compass in order to guide them to our world. How they knew how to use the compass, that's kind of beside the point so at the moment. they
1: basically told themselves, let's go jump in a lake. <laughs>
0: yeah. So... All of those three things together brought them to a land back to a land without magic. The compass, the wardrobe ashes, and lake nostos.
1: Sort of without magic.
0: Yeah, well, now it has magic, <laughs> exactly. Then oh which that might actually make a point. Maybe a portal is easier to be open now because Storybrooke has magic. Hmm. That was a good point there. I hadn't thought of that. But then um, let's see, we're up to four. Fifth way is Korra and Hook came through with the bean that they regenerated with the waters of Lake Nostos. And they brought Hook's ship. So most likely what they did is they dipped the bean in Lake Nostos water and then pulled it back out, then went and got Hook's ship through the bean in the ocean there and then drove the ship through it like we saw in um, Enchanted Forest back in the episode The Crocodile. Which actually that's a sixth way now was also the crocodile with the bean
1: Well, that's the same way
0: but actually that took him to neverland it did so that's why i didn't count that
1: we're starting to assume that and maybe without our realizing it, they taught us this concept when regina got the apple mm. he had her guide the hat to the place in space and time where yes. she wanted to retrieve something so presumably it works the same way with the beans yeah in which case that bean could have maybe taken him to Storybrooke if he'd known about it and he wanted to go there. Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, well, that bean that Hook used, I, I remember now why I didn't count that. That didn't go to Storybrooke. That went to Neverland. But it was a portal anyway. Yes. But that's that's kind of beside the point. The, the hat can't go there. The beans seem like, yes, you can direct the beans. The wardrobe ashes had to have the compass in combination in order to direct the wardrobe ashes. The sixth way, Jeremy, can you guess what the sixth way was? We haven't seen it, but we heard it mentioned. Little trivia here (sighs) Tick tock, tick tock. (sighs) Tick tock, dearie. Yeah. Tick Tick, tock, dearie. Tick tock. There we go. Uh, (laughs) The slippers. That were referenced in the episode, The Doctor. Oh. Jefferson said the slippers had already moved to another land. But
1: that could be something else entirely. Well,
0: Rumpelstiltson said, I wanted those (laughs) slippers to get to that other land. Yeah. And then he continued on saying that he wanted to get to a land without magic. And so those slippers, it seems, were the slippers that took to a land without magic. Now, we know that slippers are a reference to Wizard of Oz. And it brought Dorothy back to Kansas. So six ways so far that we know of that people have traveled from enchanted forest to our world
1: and i'm just gonna put this out there it's kind of a an aside they need to stop using like however they're pronouncing it (laughs) this week (laughs) nostos 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 was the most recent we heard i think from cora but they need to stop (laughs) (laughs) It, it cannot be the place that you run every time something needs a magic fix (laughs) i I assume they're done but there's a shark in there now so you don't want to do any more jumping around that lake
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so now of all of those six ways two of them happen after the curse and it brings people to the exact parallel of our world that was the bean and the wardrobe ashes brought cora and Emma, respectively, for each of those. So now let's go back. Why did Rumpelstiltskin create the curse?
1: To get Balefire back.
0: I, I was almost expecting you to say to get to the other side. Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> Which is also <laughs> true. But yeah,
0: Balefire, that's Rumplestiltskin's whole motivation. Go back and rewatch the episode Desperate Souls, and you see that that's when Rumplestiltskin came up with the idea of the curse. He said that... Um, He went through all of these things and the blue fairy was like, no, that won't work. That won't get you there. That won't get you there. That was our last being. That won't get you there. That won't get you there. And then he says, how about a curse? And then that's when blue fairy says, oh, you would think of a curse instead of a blessing. Mm -hmm. So he is creating this curse and he said that he will work and he won't stop until he creates this curse in order to get to bellfire so the whole dark curse was created to get to bellfire he even says that to bell a couple episodes ago in season two that he even says that he created the curse to get to bellfire the first time that he Mm -hmm. opened up and was honest to someone about that
1: and the only reason he hasn't left on his trip is because he can't because he would forget who he is and he didn't expect that
0: yeah yeah interesting little twist and everything So since he created the curse to get to Balefire, it is, I think, only reasonable then to assume that the curse was designed to take him to Balefire, including take him to the time that Balefire arrived. Not just the location, but also the time, either the exact time or pretty close to the same time. So Mm -hmm. maybe... It arrived on the same day, kind of like Emma and Pinocchio came through the wardrobe the same day as everyone else did. So
1: the question the is, curse. how did he know? Yeah. Or here's another thought that came to me just moments ago. Has he, and he being Mr. Gold, said outright that the only reason he brought magic is because he feels like he needs it?
0: Yes. Yes. He said he's a coward, and he is powerless without magic.
1: Because if he hadn't said that, I would think that maybe he wants to try to somehow actually open a portal to the past in this world and Hmm. get Bay that way.
0: Possible, but I don't want to... I'm kind of closed to the idea of in-world time-jumping. So, going to our past or our future. I'm kind of close to that idea. I'm okay with time jumping between worlds, like we saw with Jefferson's hat in the episode Hat Trick.
1: But see, there again, I think I've said this before, there would be nothing to stop you. If that's okay, unless they made some weird rule, there would be nothing to stop you from jumping to one time in one world and then jumping back. (laughs) It's the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's very true.
1: So, if they instead made in-world time jumping, but made it... you know, extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. Like you're maybe going to get it to happen once. Right. More difficult than the stupid apple.
0: I could see that. Like it's a one way trip.
1: A one way trip or yeah, for some reason, just one time, like he's able to somehow. Yeah. I mean, he could go back and be with Bay. Maybe he doesn't care what time he lives in, Mm. but I, you know, that's all. That's probably a little more far fetched.
0: Yeah. I, I'm a bit close to in-world time travel. I just don't know how
1: he would know. I mean, he knows a lot. He sees a lot for some reason. But how would he know precisely what time Bay came to? How would he have any way to know?
0: I'm saying it's probably approximate. Now, it could be that there's some way that these three different ways that people traveled from Precurse Enchanted Forest to our world maybe brought them back at the same time. Like maybe even the fourth way, Dorothy, with the slippers, maybe that even brought her back at the same time. So maybe the whole Dorothy incident happened 28 years ago.
1: Seems a little problematic.
0: That but... one's, That's kind of the oddball out of all of this. So it could be reasonable to assume that everyone arrives at the same time, even though they left at different times. They arrive at about the same time.
1: Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know how that works.
0: But the main thing is to keep in mind, Rumpelstiltskin designed the curse to get him to bay. Now, consider the episode, The Stranger.
1: It would be stupid for him to hit himself in the forehead and be like, oh, right, I lived a lot longer than he would have. I forgot.
0: (laughs) Or actually, not The Stranger, but the episode before that, The Return, when August was pretending to be Balefire. Mm -hmm. Or let... Rumpelstiltskin let Mr. Gold believe that August was Balefire. Nowhere and at no time did Mr. Gold question August's age as being an indication that he could or couldn't be Balefire. He questioned other things and was thinking that. And when he saw August and talked to him that time, he said, you traversed time and space. Right. So... I'm thinking Rumpel designed the curse to get him to when Bay arrived or pretty close to when Bay arrived. Because there's just still this whole question of why 28 years? Was that just because of how long it would take Emma to come back? Or was it that Stoltzkin designed the curse to bring everyone here 28 years before Bay arrives? So like, is Bay going to show up as a kid at some point still?
1: But then why wouldn't he have been saying, why aren't you a kid?
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. He did not question August's age. Yeah. Nothing about August's age gave him doubt. So it seems that even Mr. Gold is suspecting that Bay is still alive and still about August's age. After all, why does Mr. Gold want to leave Storybrooke? Because he wants to go find Bay, and he even has maps of places that he's wanting to go searching for Bay.
1: Yeah. I still...
0: Yeah. So that long <laughs> discussion is basically our reason why we think Bay is still alive, because it all comes down to, because Rumpelstiltskin designed the curse to find Bay, so the curse probably brought Rumpelstiltskin and everyone else to our land about the same time as Bay.
1: So so he shows up, and he's just a kid, and it's not the world that he's used to with hunting and gathering and those sorts of things, and he starts What? stealing oh and then he grows up and he's still stealing (laughs) and oh wait he meets emma because of course he did and
0: (laughs) And, and doesn't neil cassidy almost (laughs) look kind of like he's 14 years older than bay at least in the episode tallahassee
1: oh 14 years yeah well yeah in the same way that emma looks 19 (laughs) well i think
0: they did a better job of making her look young than um you know cassidy looking young but that you know there could be something else there i know a lot of people are, have suggested that maybe bay is peter pan or went to neverland as either peter pan or as um, as one of the lost boys but the main thing i go back to there is that the blue fairy said that the bean would take him to a land without magic and i don't think this is something the blue fairy would lie about because She wanted to get Rumpel out of the world because to take him to where his magic couldn't have effect. In Neverland, Rumpel would still be able to use magic.
1: Presumably. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it could have been a mistake. It could have been a lot of things. But yeah, I'm assuming and hoping that it's not overly complicated. Mm
0: -hmm. So... If We'd love your comments on this, and you can comment on the show notes over at onespodcast.com slash 69 to let us know what you think of this theory, any parts that you think we're missing, or if you want to completely disagree with us, that's totally all right. You can comment there on the show notes or jump over in the forums at com slash forms. Before we move on, I want to thank David Newland and Arjan Torian, for sponsoring this episode of Once Podcast. We really appreciate your support because it does cost to host this podcast and media files and uh, website and servers and all of that stuff. So we really appreciate the support. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode, you can go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor or you can shop using our affiliate links, oncepodcast.com slash Amazon to shop on amazon.com or join the free Audible audiobook program by going to oncepodcast.com slash audible that's a-u-d-i-b-l-e and join those programs or shop through those and your your purchase there and your participation helps support us so it doesn't cost you anything extra but it helps support us so thank you so much for your support david and arjan we really appreciate it and anyone else who is interested in sponsoring you can check out those links over at oncepodcast.com now here's this comes from the forms over at onescast dot slash forms something really uh, an awesome observation that was posted before the winter finale episode okay so this came in
1: enough before to not be spoiler influenced <laughs> um
0: maybe. Uh, I don't know what spoilers were out around this time, but this was posted on November 20th, even before Thanksgiving. Okay. So uh, I don't know how much was mentioned, but here's the heading. Lake Nostos means Lake Homecoming. And this came from Med Chan. Med Chan said, I read this on Wikipedia. Nostos, and he has the little Greek words on here, is the Greek word for homecoming, the idea of returning home from a long journey. Nostos is a theme dealt with in many Homeric writings, such as the Odyssey, in which the main character Odysseus strives to get home (laughs) after the Trojan War. The plural term Nostoi is applied to Greek heroes' homeward journeys from their taking of Troy and is the name of one of the poems of the epic cycle on that theme. And there's a lot more discussion here, two pages of it, and we'll have a link in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash sixty nine. But that's awesome that all this time there was hidden the little clue that Lake Nostos could be the key to their homecoming. That's
1: pretty cool. And also I'm glad that the Queen of Hearts didn't jump in because then she'd be the homecoming queen. (laughs) And that would just be awkward for everybody.
0: Oh, that's that's too good. Well, <laughs> speaking of the Queen, we also got this uh, voicemail feedback in from David Daniels about the Queen's heart.
1: This is David Daniels. I'm a huge fan of Once Upon a Time, and I have a theory on the Queen heart. And I was thinking, what if horror somehow magically put her heart inside of that spell book in uh, episode two before regina got her magic remember what on the front cover of that book it was a ruby red heart shape thank you for listening And this is david daniels I enjoy the podcast
0: thank you so much for that voicemail david we really appreciate that great idea there because he also pointed out um in a message that cora kept that book she slept with it under her pillow kind of guarding it now that could just be because that was her magic and snow said that she saw cora practicing magic with the book as a child as when cora when snow was a child which by the way that whole thing perfectly reasonable because cora and regina moved to king leopold's castle before the wedding before cora was pushed through the moon or the mirror so, <laughs> so uh, I got. A, I've got. It's a wonderful life. I'm stuck on my mind. you're the moon.
1: Different thing to do all together.
0: <laughs> but uh, so uh, Snow had said that she, as a g- little girl, saw Cora practicing magic with this book. But yeah, that could be really interesting because where is that magic book now?
1: Locked up and not burned, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's in Regina's house. And, yes, there's that heart on the cover of the book. And so uh, that could be really interesting if her heart is in that book.
1: I don't know how that would work, though. I mean, it's a heart.
0: It She'd, of course, have to use magic to put it there. Yeah, but,
1: it's not impossible. Yeah.
0: It could be something kind of similar to, in Harry Potter, there are these things, um, I forget what they're called now, Uh, but they were basically parts of the big bad guy from Harry Potter. He split up his soul, horcruxes, thank you chat room, he split up his soul into these different horcruxes, and um, spread them out throughout the world. Mm-hmm. So killing each of those Spoiler or destroying alert. each of those things... Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> destroying each of those things destroys or kills a part of the big bad guy, Voldemort.
1: <laughs>
0: he who shall not be named. <laughs> who is somewhat related to Graham, possibly. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Since I named him. Um, by the way, December 11th was International Graham Day. Miss, we miss <laughs> we mi- Graham we missed Day. We miss Graham Day, yeah.
1: Yeah. Can you believe... As a side note, that it's been—I can't decide if I can't believe it's been a year or that it's only been one year since we were at the winter finale yeah. last year and we hadn't launched the podcast yet.
0: Yeah, that was—those that was, oh, those were rough weeks. Recording episodes— several episodes in a row to try and launch with several episodes
1: talk as though we hadn't heard or hadn't seen any later episodes than what we were covering
0: yeah those were fun days they were you fun. can go back and listen to those episodes at oncepodcast.com slash one or two three four five six seven it lined up with the episode numbers back then but anyway yeah Cora's heart i don't think it might necessarily be an actual heart somewhere but it might be magically embedded in something else like she she transformed it down we've already seen that she shrunk henry senior down inside of wonderland when regina had to in the episode hat trick regina had to then give henry senior the little bit of the mushroom in order to make him grow back up to full size
1: so what it's all an act of confidence to be in wonderland the entire time being like yeah yeah, I definitely know where my heart is and have possession of it. And it's not in my chest. It's definitely not inside of a book that my daughter has in another realm I can't get to. And I'm fine. Totally fine. But I And I'm also in control. I'm the queen of hearts.
0: Well, it could also be a reason why she's so set on getting to Storybrooke. Because yeah. she wants her heart back.
1: Well, see, I was thinking that. But then that wasn't her original plan. She was going to, well, I guess if you kill Regina, you can go take it.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah so
1: but how did she know something wouldn't happen like regina decides to burn the book <laughs> in the 28 years before she gets there yeah
0: so she, she didn't i guess she probably thought that the book was always in rumpelstiltskin's possession which it was until oh. rumpelstiltskin gave the book back to regina oh, that's true that's true in storybook so that regina could learn some of the magic again
1: in which case hmm interesting Yeah.
0: Interesting. So um, then one other way out theory that uh, someone had emailed us. Let me see. Was that? I can't see if it was uh, who it was that emailed us. But here's a way out theory is what if Cora's heart was actually the heart that Dr. Frankenstein pulled (laughs) from the vault? And put in his brother
2: in a land
0: without color. Mm. I mean, that, that could be completely crazy. A land but, without color. That's well, not yeah, what it's it called, right? <laughs>
1: well, That's <laughs> what
0: Kitsis and Horowitz called uh, Frankenstein's World in the official podcast. I was,
1: okay. I was like, that's not an episode title. <laughs> <sighs> it could be, I suppose.
0: Yeah, crazy off-the-wall idea.
1: Except I would think that Korra would not have survived that procedure.
0: Ah, well, yeah, that's true.
1: Because apparently something happened. Yeah. Of course, we don't know the rest of what happened. But eh, her heart probably wouldn't have been mixed in with all the others. So if it was the first heart he put in his brother, which I, I think that's right. Yes, he tried mm-hmm. it once. And,
0: and he said it ended badly.
1: Oh, but that wouldn't have been Cora's heart. It couldn't have been. Well, I'm Where saying
0: what if that one was?
1: The, the, the second. No, the first. He, well, no, I don't see how he'd have gotten it. Yeah. It, it's, he had never seen an enchanted heart before. Well, he He, acted that way. Okay,
0: clarification. Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Frankenstein has only used one heart on his brother. And it was in Storybrooke that he told Rumpelstiltskin it ended badly. So we saw him put the heart in. We don't know how it ended, other than badly, as he describes later.
1: Right. That's right. I forgot. So that's
0: the one. And I'm I'm not serious about this I was
1: expecting to see what happened next. (laughs) Like, when he... Well, I was expecting to see that story, and I also think that I was thinking he was going to try it again mm-hmm. maybe now. That was some speculation. But once we found out who Dr. Whale was, apparently he wasn't that vital, at least not to the rest of the fall part of the season, because we <laughs> haven't really seen him again.
0: As of yet. I'm sure we will.
1: But, yeah.
0: <laughs> so here, since I shared that crazy off-the-wall theory, here are a couple crazy theories that came in from Oliver. And Oliver's theories, though...
1: Oliver's sound twists if you will <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> they they sound crazy at first but then oliver includes some stuff that almost makes sense of these so let me read through these dear once podcast i've gained many crazy theories over time through watching once upon a time and i would like to share my top five theories with you i'd like to hear what you think of them all my first theory is that grace's mother is alice from alice in wonderland but now that we've pretty much suspected before but also child of Regina and Daniel. Nah, that couldn't happen because the ages <laughs> would not be uh, parallel. They wouldn't work out that way.
1: She's got four parents? What? I don't understand. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> the child of Alice would be, not Grace, but Alice is the child of Regina and Daniel. That's what Eliv- Oliver the is saying.
1: child of Alice. No, Alice herself. Alice herself. Is. Child
0: of Regina and daniel but that doesn't work oh. because of ages Correct. um but Oliver continued this would explain why the Queen of Hearts hates Alice so much. This Does could she? also explain why Jefferson stopped traveling because he and Alice went through and she had her baby, so Alice was forced to stay in order to let her child and husband get safety. I love that point there that's what I love about this theory is that explains why jefferson stopped using the hat why jefferson's wife is missing is that maybe she stayed back in wonderland so that jefferson and uh grace could go through the mirror back into enchanted forest
1: why could the two of them go
0: well remember same number goes in yeah the same number that comes Who are out
1: the two that went in the first place
0: alice and jefferson and then so...
1: We saw when he went, and he went with, Gina, with Regina.
0: Oh, I'm saying before then. Before then. Yeah, because we saw in The Doctor, Jefferson is seems to be single, and he's all rich-looking and fancy, and he's all full of himself. But then in the episode Hat Trick, which happens many years later, he is a depressed man. He has stopped using the hat. He doesn't want to use it. And he refers to he lost his wife because of the hat. So... I think this theory has merit.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. I yeah. just think that if I were him, I'd be, you know, like becoming Wonderland's top promoter and marketer. And I'd be finding <laughs> people and being like, hey, I can take you to Wonderland. And if you'd like to stay, that'd be awesome. I could take my wife home and you can stay. Yes,
0: I see that hand. What's your name? Claude. You're
1: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I know. Or, yeah, if that's going to work, find someone who just died and be like... A, yeah, let's maybe, go on one more trip
0: maybe he didn't think that creatively um, by not. the way claude Keep the actor who plays claude did actually play one of the uh guardsmen's outside of bell's cell that hook killed when he went to get to bell nice in last episode a little Where? that's in the credits it says um, guardsman
1: there could be even better stuff like he could have <laughs> gone through the hat with his wife and he lost her in any one of those realms mm-hmm. and
0: yeah that could be it too
1: And yes, that could be a whole nother story for a whole nother season. It could be really cool.
0: Yeah, because it's the hat's rule and it apparently only applies to Wonderland because otherwise, how else did Jefferson help um, Dr. Whale or Dr. Frankenstein get back and forth between his world? Right. Uh, Okay. Second theory here from Oliver says, my second theory is that August will cross the town line in order to become human again. That would work as crossing the town line would make him forget his fairy tale life, and it is hard to forget you're a puppet when you're made of wood. It, in turn, could also break the curse as a positive happened from somebody crossing the line. I don't know about it breaking the barrier curse, but I could see him trying to cross the line and it affecting him differently <clears throat> than everyone else.
1: Yeah. And that's if he even knows what happens, because if he's been as disconnected as he seems, he might not know yet.
0: Right, and as EJ in the chat room is pointing out, remember, he wasn't originally cursed by the Dark Curse. He and Emma weren't cursed.
1: Well, in that case... Well, that's going to be a whole other thing, because now that Emma's back, we can see whether she can... Well, will they risk her crossing the barrier? Probably
0: won't, or or maybe not. Because if
1: it's a new barrier curse... And something might happen to her too she might yeah. forget who she is
0: yeah could be well they did say your your storybrook self becomes your real self um because that's what happened to sneezy is who yeah. he was in storybook and
1: by the way or let's you address that please because that's got to be an uncomfortable life <laughs> i am in a town of freaks they all, all think they're in a fairy tale. <laughs> yes. And they think I'm a dwarf, and that's just offensive.
0: Yeah. Poor Sneezy. <laughs> so, yeah, at some point, they got to try and get him back. And how are they going to do that now that uh, they don't have any diamonds? Uncle Stilson used all of that up with Cinderella's fairy godmother's
1: wand. Which hello shortcut but yes yeah
0: Uh, oliver continues my third theory is that cora hid her heart in oz also frankenstein's land this could explain how tin man got a heart in the traditional story of the wizard of oz this could be a helpful way of cora meeting dr whale and could start his ongoing rivalry with regina uh that one i'd say that's a little bit too far of a stretch there like in the tin man impossible but i don't know it doesn't seem big enough to be uh, where Cora hid her heart. Hmm. My fourth theory is that Maleficent was in love with Aurora's father until he married Aurora's mother. And uh, Oliver says Rapunzel, possibly Aurora's mother, who had been trapped in a tower for years. This would explain why she attacked both... uh, Why she, meaning Maleficent, attacked both Aurora and Rapunzel in the show to get back at her one true love. Creative! They've certainly woven stories together in different ways like and we've seen that here with this aurora was under a sleeping curse as well as her mother was the original sleeping beauty and referred to the sleeping beauty that got the best of her so that yeah that could be interesting there interesting combination my fifth and final theory is that cinderella is the child of king george and cora making her the half sister to both Regina and James. This would explain how King George knew Regina and how he was able to locate Cinderella's fairy godmother for Rumpel. Remember in the episode, The Shepherd, Stoltzkin said that in, ex- in exchange for bringing James in to fill in for his brother as the fake prince for King George, Rumplestiltskin said he'd like to know the whereabouts of a particular fairy that's mm-hmm. been known to um, patron his family. So what if it was there was this family relation and that's why the fairy was helping Cinderella because Cinderella had been cast out as this like half child, this unwanted child. Mm. So it it's really interesting connection there.
1: Mm-hmm. Except they you know haven't shown Cinderella again since yeah. whenever, whatever, but that doesn't mean they can't or can't talk about her.
0: Yeah. Tell me what you think of any or all of these theories. I may have more ideas, including the creation of the iconic Oz and Wonderland characters and how they fit together, as well as how they will use the currently unseen Disney princesses in the course of the show. Thank you for your time. I will be sure to give money to the podcast next year. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that email, Oliver. Thank you. We really appreciate that. We also got in an email um, here from... Uh, Or a short note here from Arthur, just asking simply, anyone else want to take, anyone else want to see a family therapy session scene between Cora, Regina, with Archie?
1: (laughs) Just those two? I mean, heck, let's bring Henry, Emma, Snow, Charming. They're all kind of this but one big weird family
0: the chat room's going crazy saying yes 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 that could be the next episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah. get neil involved possibly emma's no Oh
1: my <laughs> gosh i honestly thought that neil would be in town long before emma mm. got back yeah and that because i assumed oh that, yeah well obviously we know now i always assumed that she would recognize him but now we know that she'll recognize him if and when he shows up. Mm-hmm. And I just figured that would happen before she got back, but it didn't. So yeah. I wonder I wonder how that is going to, if or when he will show up and how he's going to do that.
0: Yeah, I'd forgotten about that theory. Because we'd said, what if he comes back? He's in town. No one knows he's Balefire, mm-hmm. if he's Balefire. No one knows, except Emma knows who he is and Emma would be gone Right, And then she comes back and then says, Henry, this is your father.
1: <laughs> or even if they knew somehow or found out that he was Bay, then she still would, nobody would still know that he's Henry's father oh, until she yeah. got back.
0: Yeah, true. That just shows that the writers do not uh, follow our theories. They don't write for our theories. They That's write right. for their own theories. They, was, this know, is their show, not ours. And I'm going to stop
1: sending them money because they're clearly not doing what I'm paying them to do. <laughs>
0: Here's an email from Robin pointing out, uh, saying, Hi, Jeremy, Jenny, and Daniel. I just had a few thoughts about Rumplestiltskin's actions in the last episode, The Queen of Hearts. I've seen a few people around the internet, Tumblr forums, etc., discussing Rumplestiltskin's less-than-honorable actions during Queen of Hearts, and I thought I'd put in my two cents. Now, remember the actions being he was willing to basically kill Snow and Emma.
1: Yes, because yeah. he's... Yeah.
0: My thought is that Rumpelstiltskin was willing to sacrifice Emma and Snow because he's a coward. He even admitted that, remember, when he talked to Belle. He said, I'm a coward. It's true. It's true. The bottom line is that Cora is powerful and dangerous, and allowing her to reach Storybrooke is a huge risk. She could fight him. She could go after Belle. She is, as Emma said, a real piece of work. And Rumpelstiltskin obviously does not want her there. Henry may believe that good will win out, but Rumplestiltskin has never shown that kind of faith. He only trusts in results that he orchestrates, and, that, and this seems the most certain way to guarantee the safety of those in Storybrooke. It's a combination of fear, selfishness, and a big-picture mentality that sets the good of many, or the good of himself, above the good of the few. I don't think it has anything to do with whether or not he likes Emma or Snow. I'm of the opinion that he does as much as he likes anyone at least <laughs> after all he gave up his son whom he loved more than anyone else ever because he was too afraid to lose his power and he gave up bell for the same reason hmm. i really don't think it's much of a stretch for him to be willing to lose emma and snow for similar reasons when the stakes are possibly even higher than ever before he justifies this as well to regina and to himself by betting on the fact that Cora has already killed them or captured them somehow. It's really not an, in, an entirely unreasonable stretch. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I don't want to try and justify what he did, but you can see how he could spin it in a, well, either Cora comes and everyone dies, or we maybe sacrifice Emma and Mary Margaret, who may already be dead anyway, and convince himself that his lack of faith was actually ensuring the greater good. Also, he was a jerk to Regina because, let's face it, their entire existence is pretty much comprised of them being jerks to each other. (laughs) Also, he's not a nice man, and she locked up his girlfriend for 28-plus years, so I think he has a few issues to work out with her. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for your time and for a great podcast. Thanks for reading from Robin.
1: So, walking away was probably the best thing he could have done (laughs) at the end of all that. Yeah. he. Well... yeah. yeah, I, I like I, all that. That was really good.
0: You know, we've we've thought before and brought up this point of, well, Emma owes him a favor. It Wasn't he thinking about that? Maybe that favor, and, and the more time goes on, the less I'm thinking he actually knew from the beginning what he wanted that favor to be. I'm thinking he knew Emma was magical in some way, or she had magic. Yeah. But he never knew what he wanted the favor to be. It was just some kind of card that he wanted to have. Right. At some point.
1: Well, he's he's a lot less creepy, I would say, to me now than he was back then. (laughs) We didn't know so much about what he was or what he was about or what he was after. And it seemed like he was going to, for some reason, like, ah, Rumpelstiltskin, you know, and all the deals for kids and stuff. He's going to want Henry for some reason. And it's it's all become a little bit more clear and makes a little bit more sense now. Yeah. And so those ideas make less sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Unless it turns out he is somehow related to Henry, in (laughs) which case.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there, but I'm starting to lean on this side that maybe he doesn't know what he wants the opinion. (laughs) But he does remember that Emma owes him a a favor. Favor.
1: (laughs) That's what it is when Emma, that they call the savior, (laughs) owes you a favor. It's a favor.
0: (laughs) Ellen... Uh, from the right now really cold Sweden that's in her signature oh wrote in saying hello awesome podcasters two things I've thought a lot about since Sunday's episode Queen of Hearts first of all I loved that Snow blew on the paper or whatever it is and on the ink (laughs) because she saw uh, Cora do it that makes me wonder if this was some way of telling us that the book that taught Cora and Regina magic is written in that special squid ink and maybe Rumplestiltskin made this book and that whole episode where we get to learn about the book and the ink will be the mermaid episode because they've hinted at the mermaid several times now or a couple times mermaid because of the bottomless lake and so on yes uh, she the, the said
1: bottom of a bottomless lake which is <laughs> just fairy tale jargon for really really hard to get to <laughs> Or maybe it's not.
0: The The second thing was that when Cora was about to kill Hook in the episode Into the Deep, he said, try and kill me, or something like that. Made me think of this week's episode when Hook tried to kill Cora, and she didn't have a heart. Maybe in some weird way, Hook had someone take out his heart so he could keep it safe when dealing with both Cora and Rumple. This theory is much like what Davy Jones did in Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and what will turner did in the third one maybe Mm -hmm. hook is a mixture of both pirates and the pirates of the caribbean and peter pan (laughs) maybe and and i would love it i would love if he took out his own heart maybe because of his love for mila or just to keep it safe
1: and he did
0: know that cora had done it so that probably gave him the idea Anyways, love your podcast. Let me know what you think about my theories and keep on rocking. From Ellen from Sweden.
1: It's true that he could only take out one heart and we've been assuming that he ended up saving that and using it on Aurora. But Mm -hmm. he could have been given that enchantment again for some reason.
0: Possible. Possible. Or, Or maybe he did have someone else remove it, like maybe someone from Neverland.
1: Yeah, I hope that not very many people can do it, though. Honestly, we know of three and a one-timer, and then someone who can at least put them back, unless that's something everyone can do, which... (laughs) awkward. It's like a magnet. Oh. So, all the hearts floating around and everything, I think they've just about... I won't say exhausted, but they've been using it a lot, and I would like it personally to kind of tone down. I think that a good reason for them having done that is that we were totally ready for regina to try to take snows and it was it made it that much more of a shock when she couldn't take emma's because we'd seen how many Mm -hmm. people had taken hearts from how many people it was just so in our faces all the time yeah how easy this is for cora and regina and rumple to do Mm -hmm. and then when she couldn't do it to emma it was a big shock. Yeah. But now that that's all been established, I kind of feel like they need to, you know, not be tossing hearts and trading hearts and juggling them and whatever else is going to happen. <laughs> Let's, you know, it, not every week anymore. But
0: yeah. speaking yeah. of hearts, I want to thank some people who have made our hearts glow. <laughs> Enchanted Rose, PJ With- Sparkles, <laughs> Once, once your Fan, Aaron J. Cruz, Fox 2.0, and Kari 358 have left really nice reviews for us in iTunes by going to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. We really appreciate those reviews. They encourage our hearts, make them glow and without
1: uh, taking them from us and crushing them or <laughs> yes. controlling and it, us.
0: And it helps other people find the podcast too. So thank you so much for those iTunes reviews. If anyone else would like to leave a review, you can go to podcast.com slash iTunes and we'll give you a shout out. So, uh two more emails here that i want to read if we have the time left for them um this came in from olivia that's why i was kept wanting to say oliver incorrectly earlier because we oh, got this email I was like, in from why olivia did
1: you just emphasize <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh this explains remember in last episode of our podcast we were talking about why did regina really need jefferson's help back in hat trick if she kind of figured out the hat, and she'd seen how the hat works and stuff like that before. Right. Well, Olivia pointed out why. And this is, oh, like, so okay. obvious. Maybe people were shouting this at us last time. No shouting uh, at This me. was left as a comment on our previous episode. Quick reply to Jeremy, because you were the one that raised <laughs> this issue. Regina needed Jefferson because two needed to go through the hat so she could bring back her father.
1: But he didn't... I mean... Yeah, but he would have said, unless you're coming back with somebody else, why do you need me?
0: Well, he didn't know that she might know how to use the hat, maybe.
1: Uh, Or, well... I mean, I know that's why she wanted him, (laughs) but, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Maybe, like... Yeah. Uh, Jefferson says (laughs) at the end of Hat Trick that she knew the same number who went through came back. That's when she tells him if he truly loved his daughter, he wouldn't have left her. So Jefferson helped her get back her father, and she got to keep his hat. Win-win. I completely agree that the end of Hat Trick is misleading. It was clearly meant to make us think that Jefferson might have gone through the hat. Mm, I don't know what... Um,
1: no, yeah, because we we heard that sound, and he was. And he oh, did, they made this right, big yeah. show of his having disappeared, and it was like, okay, he went in the hat, but yeah. then apparently no, and I, we didn't have any reason to believe he didn't go and come back somehow mm. until they said so in the official podcast. Right, we yeah, had every reason to he believe he had, to lick his wounds. Remember, I said he was the first person to leave to go back to Fairy tale Land or to leave Storybrooke or whatever mm-hmm. I said, and and apparently he never left, and they just really should not have put that sound in there but but that that is maybe the explanation regina did not own that hat but she sort of inherited it by trapping him in wonderland yeah and that's the thing
0: yeah and now that hat is completely destroyed
1: yes Mm -hmm. yes but that would be why she needed his help and then didn't anymore yeah that's a good explanation
0: then Olivia said, I'm looking forward to seeing more of Jefferson's story, what happened between the doctor and Hattrick." Yeah, because in the doctor, he's all happy, jolly, you know, the world is his oyster and the world feeds some oysters and stuff. And then Hattrick, he's depressed and barely getting by. Love the podcast. Have a fun holiday break. Thank you very much, Olivia, for that email. Then one last email here. And by the way, there is there are some spoilers that we'll be sharing after the music break from our friend Hunter Hathaway. We recorded another spoiler segment, so if you want to hear that, stick around for after the music when we end the episode. But this comes in about Mulan's sword. Remember we've talked about the sword Mulan had uh several times. We've talked about this and the way that she refers to it, the way that um like the most powerful sword in all the land and all of this stuff. So What is it about her sword? Is it actually a special sword? So some great theories that came in from Nancy here that Nancy points out saying, Hey guys, I've liked Mulan's character all along. A rare opinion, I know. Let's put our Mulan facts (laughs) together. The sword was also given an additional enchantment right before... um, he threw it at the heart of Maleficent. Okay, talking about Prince Philip's sword. I, either there's a sentence missing here or something, but Prince Philip's sword was given an enchantment uh, before he threw it at the heart of Maleficent in dragon form for the ability to champion good and strike true. Mulan. Oh, I was like, this is I don't from the original. This, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is from the original um, uh, Sleeping Beauty story. Uh, at least in the disney one mulan has an enchanted sword that repels magic and is the strongest of the land mulan spent a long time as a brother in arms to philip philip had a sword that was given to him by the three fairies philip's sword was enchanted and called the sword of truth mulan's sword is the strongest in the land the sword repels magic fire blasts from maleficent uh actually from uh Go. oh oh no, i'm sorry the sword repels magic fire blasts from maleficent yeah and -hmm. the sword also repels cora's magical blasts could philip have given her this sword as payment for her loyalty or to protect aurora Hmm. it's worth considering that mulan was simply philip's sword brother and best friend and thus taking care of aurora to pay back a huge debt i totally agree there Hmm. could he have possibly saved her life in the midst of a bad situation that would be explained if Kitsis and Horowitz decide to show their backstory. If Philip did, Mulan's sense of honor and military duty would place her into this position, very similar to the concept of owned uh, fealty in European knighthood, or more appropriately to the Once Upon a Time story, Arthur's Roundtable. By the way, I wonder if they'll dive into Mulan's official backstory with Shen, her true love. We haven't heard anything about him at all. From Nancy. That's a great point there. And I think that does make a lot of sense that Philip's sword was what mm-hmm. was enchanted. He used it to strike Maleficent and then he gave it to Aurora.
1: Or did we actually miss a spot where she kind of ended up with it after he.
0: Yeah. Whatever I, happened. I'd him. have to go back and rewatch the episode <laughs> Broken to see what happened to his sword did he give it to her or is the sword that mulan uses later is that the same sword that she's always had we'll have to go back and check that but um i might try if i can i might try and get some screenshots to put in the show notes over at once slash 69 oh and jeremy big news here this is going to be awesome the fans are going to love this someone from steveston which is where Storybrooke is. Steveston um, mm-hmm. in Canada has contacted us, and they host their own podcast about Steveston. And I highly recommend everyone check this out if you really want to know more about Steveston. Now, it's totally a local kind of podcast. It's about Steveston as the actual city and what's going on in the city.
1: Being the city used as Storybrook
0: Well, their podcast is steveston life
1: well what i'm saying that's what steveston is and why we're so excited about this (laughs) so so (laughs) if you um, don't know
0: this guy his name is actually steven and he hosts the steveston podcast over at villagepodcast.com check it (laughs) out uh he's got two episodes he just started the podcast but he wants to work with us and answer your questions about steveston And we might eventually get him on to share with us some historical information about certain buildings or tell us certain things about as an episode shows. He might say, oh, do you see that building there? That building is labeled as this, but it's actually this. And so he'll give us some awesome background information. Might be able to send us a couple pictures, some spoiler kind of pictures or filming sets. Um, We have to be very careful with that. And he knows he's being very careful with that to not do anything that ABC and Disney wouldn't want him to put out. But please, start thinking of what questions would you like to know from Stevesden, Or maybe, what pictures do you want to see of stuff from Steveston? You might say you want to know what does the inside of the library actually look like. Even though it's it's not a library, it's a fishing tax store. But if you'd like to know what the inside <laughs> actually looks like, we could ask him possibly to take a picture for us. So please send us your questions. Email feedback at oncepodcast.com. Or call in to 903-231-2221, or go to OnesPodcast.com and click on the Send a Voice Message tab and record a message from your computer. And we'll then forward those on to Stephen from Steveston, and he can uh, look at those, answer those questions then for us, and then join us for a podcast episode where we... Yeah, ask him all these questions he tells us about it what's going on there and then we might hear from him again in the future so we really look forward to that we're excited about that i was thrilled when i received his call recently about that so uh, and we'll have spoilers and non-spoilers kind of conversation with him as well so it would be awesome to get you involved in that so send us your feedback and also check out his podcast about steveston over at villagepodcast.com
1: did he start the podcast before for once upon a time
0: no he just started the podcast okay. it is two weeks old oh nice. there are only two episodes out there um actually it's a week old but um he's he's got great podcasting gear already and he sounds great so uh, it's awesome what he's doing he's just he lives in steveston and he runs the steveston twitter account <laughs> so if you go to twitter.com steveston that's him he's running that So he's really connected with the town. I guess he's lived there for a long time. He knows historical backgrounds of these buildings and stuff. Very cool. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Uh, Great feedback, everyone. We tried to include as much as we could, but we really appreciate the feedback that we've received. This will be our last podcast for once podcast before the Christmas break. But do keep in mind, we are doing this special collaborative podcast with other Once Upon a Time podcasters on December 19th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's GMT minus 5. And that will be on Google Plus as a hangout on air. You'll be able to watch us live, chat in a chat room there on Google Plus, send questions to us and respond to stuff we're talking about. But uh, we do hope that you will have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We might be able to fit in one more episode wrapping up some theories and other stuff before Once Upon a Time returns on January 6th. But we're not quite sure. January 6th is also a time that Jenny and I will be in Las Vegas for New Media Expo and Consumer Electronics Show, and the podcast awards are around then. So I'm not sure that our live schedule will be the same around then. Watch the website for information and uh, details about when we know that. We'll post the schedule there. But please, most important thing for you to remember is send us your feedback on the episodes that are to come and what your thoughts are once you see them, what you think will happen, and all of that. So you can email feedback at OnesPodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. Or you can also go to OnesPodcast.com and click on the Send a Voice Message tab to record a message right from your computer and send it to us. And also remember to vote in the costume contest. There are just a couple days left as of the time of this recording. The voting ends on December 15th. So go over to oncepodcast.com slash contest and you can vote in the costume contest and the table still could turn (laughs) which costume is the best, but I have a feeling I know which one is going to win. But there are some fantastic costumes there and everyone is so creative in what they did there and (laughs) really great things that will make you laugh and smile and some awesome creativity. So check it out. Vote in the contest if you haven't already voted. You can only vote once. So if you've already voted, don't worry, but you can still go back to the site and see which one is in the lead. So go over there to oncepodcastcom slash contest to check that out. And be sure to please follow us on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter.com slash podcast, And I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on Twitter at the Ramen noodle.
1: I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Fleagon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N.
0: And you can follow my wife, Jenny, at Twitter.com slash Jenny's Nook. So check out the show notes over at OnesPodcast.com slash 69. Join the forums and everything else. And until next time, have a happy ever after. And thank you for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to the sponsors for this week's episode of One's Podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor or use our affiliate links, oncepodcast.com slash audible or oncepodcast.com slash Amazon and your support will really help us in producing the podcast and releasing it out there and running the website. And now for our spoilers section from Hunter Hathaway.
2: Hi, Hunter here. There have been some whisperings from Canada that I just had to share with you. Jennifer Morrison has offered up a teaser about a mystery character that Ethan Embry will play. She says, all we know is he's an outsider. He's a stranger and he's not a fairy tale character. At least he's not someone anyone recognizes from fairytale land. While Mary, Margaret, and Emma were away, David took over as sheriff. David only intended to fill the position until Emma's return, but has also hinted that maybe we'll see some father-daughter sheriffing going on. And some photos have service of David still carrying a holstered gun and sheriff badge. We've already found out who Dr. Whale is, the scientist Dr. Frankenstein, and now we will meet more of his family in episode 12. I already reported Dr. Frankenstein's brother Gerhardt being played by Chad Michael Collins. Well, Covert Affair stars Gregory Itzen has been cast as the brother's father, Alphonse. According to the gossip, Smee is back and teaming up with Captain Hook after the break. Don't worry, he's still sporting his red cap. Also, it's worth reporting that Colin O'Donohue has said that Bell might figure into the equation of the Hook team. Only time will tell how this pans out. While the show is on break for us, they're still working hard at casting a new character for episode 14. They're looking for a 10-year-old girl who is psychic. She's a prisoner of war who is not afraid of the soldiers keeping her prisoner. That's all I have for you today. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash bit of pixie dust. Have a great day! Thank oh. you.